Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Riccia, and this is episode number 309 of the podcast. I recorded this early, and I'm taking some time off for the holidays. So this week, I have a lovely conversation with Christina Kaufman. Christina is an unschooling mom of three young children, and she joins me to talk about her de-schooling journey. We explore both what she's found challenging and what she's found surprising so far. She also shares her experience with navigating sibling dynamics. I hope you enjoy our conversation. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now here's my conversation with Christina. Welcome. I'm Hannah Riccia from livingjoyfully.ca. And today I'm here with Christina Kaufman. Hi, Christina. Hi. Hey. I have really enjoyed learning a bit more about you and your family in the network over the last few months. So I'm really excited to dive in and learn more about your unschooling experience to this point. So to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what is everybody interested in right now? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've been so looking forward to this uh, call. Um, so we are a family of five. Um, we live in the Pacific Northwest. It's um, my partner, Michael, and I, and we have three kids. Um, we have Finnegan, who is eight, Reese, who is six, and Bowen is three. And um, <clears throat> Let's see, Finnegan is really into um, computer games and he loves watching um, gamers play on YouTube. Um, and um, when he's not doing those things, he's making up his own games for he and his brother to play. They they call them mind games right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, um, and they, you know, they use props and stuff, but it's usually just in their imaginations. It's really fun to watch. Um, and um, he also um, likes making computer games. He'll go through phases of that. So he and his um, his dad are making something on Scratch right now. Um, and it's been interesting watching how... Um, he, um, how long the games are getting. Like every time they sit down and make one like this one's been multiple evenings now so um it'll be interesting to see what they come up with um and um he's also just so funny um he loves laughing and we just we just get so much joy from just watching him watch something entertaining like he just falls out of his chair on the daily and um (laughs) it's just so funny um so that's uh, Finn and um, Reese. He loves being with his big brother. Um, he loves being with his little brother too. But his big brother is his his first BFF, and um, so they do a lot of the same things together. He um, is really into really whatever Finn's into. Um, he has started branching out and started playing some of his own tablet games, um, but they still play side to side when um, they're together. Um, And when they're not doing all that they're he's usually the one that um, gets them running around a bunch. Like they get really physical. We have a bunch of mattresses for them to just go all out. And they usually (laughs) do a couple times a day. Um, And so um, that's been really fun to like, that's just been a thing that they do <laughs> for the last two years. And, <laughs> um, 
So that's been really fun to see. He also is um, the gerbil caretaker. He's always in there and he's um, help, he helps me clean the cage and he's just so sweet with them. So I think he's going to be um, our little animal guy <laughs> of the family. Um, and then there's Bowen. He loves playing with all the toys, like anything, it, it, actually not toys, just anything. He'll just, <laughs> whatever he gets his hands on, he's just so immersed in his play. And um, he does love cars and trucks though. Usually it's something with wheels. And he also loves watching videos that are, you know, the the ones that are geared towards toddlers. He really loves um the songs and he knows his alphabet. He retaught his um, brothers the alphabet <laughs> because they don't care. Um, but so that was really cute. Um, so, and he's just so, um, he just, now he's starting to insert himself into the, the duo. So it's the trio now. Um, and so they play together a fair amount. Um, so, yeah, that's the the boys and Michael. He um, he works at a tech company. Um, he does the business side for them, and he works from home. Um, and um, he just really enjoys friends and family. Um, and so this has been a hard time uh, for that. But um, he does his best. Um, like he'll just call friends up like for five or 10 minute conversations here or there. And I'm always um, inspired by that because I usually <laughs> need to, you know, plan in advance and, you know, like give lots of time. And he just picks somebody, uh, the phone up and um, calls whenever he just thinks of somebody. And I just think that's cool because I, I don't do that. And I feel like I would get a lot out of it if I did that more. Um and yeah, so that's, I mean, he's also just interested in stuff. So he's just always looking up stuff and um, teaching himself more about, about things on YouTube. And um, right now it's, um, he's really into earthquake preparation. And so we just got a generator and um, it's, yeah, he's geeking out on that. So um <laughs> And then um, me, I've just been really uh, immersed in unschooling um, and in the network, just really steeping in that for the last couple of years. Um, and so that's just been wonderful. And we'll obviously talk more about that. Um, and I'm also um, into politics um, and just following what's happening in the U.S. And um, I did a little bit of... Um, volunteering this last year for the first time. And, um, that was really great. I, um, I, I was afraid to do it before cause I didn't think I knew enough or it would like, I, I would do a good enough job, but I think unschooling helped me just, uh, be open and curious to that. So, um, I'm looking forward to spending more time doing that in the near future. So that's us. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. I really love and I'm sure people just absorb those little snippets, but like notice the connections too. like, mm -hmm. I love the little, you know, that you just spoke about with yourself with, you know, doing a little bit of volunteering in the political area that you're interested in. And how that also kind of like, I could see a couple reasons, like you mentioned, um, growing into a little bit more, um, you know, confidence that we don't have to know all the things and um, before we do anything, mm -hmm. like it's that mm -hmm. opening curious, I can try this out and it's okay. And I know for me, that was something that came with diving more into unschooling and realizing, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, it's not going to be graded. It's not going to be tested. I can try things out and show up not knowing because I'm learning. But right. also that, you know, your kids are getting a little bit older now. And there's also a, maybe a little bit more space so that you can choose to do that as well. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And I wanted to point out 
the mattresses. We've got mattresses everywhere. That's <laughs> a, the little snippets that I love seeing inside different unschooling mm. families because like we don't use our houses again, like according to the rules or whatever, right? We have ways and things that work for us. So having mattresses around for them to bounce around and play on every day is normal, right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah. Places where they were, you know, you mentioned that they like to play their games like side by side, even if they're not playing the exact same game. So, you know, I was just imagining cozy spots where they're, maybe even on the mattresses where they're like lying down with their tablets. Cause you know, they also often don't sit, right. you know, at like, like they're sitting at a desk or something like that, splaying right. all over, doing whatever, having a tablet in various <laughs> positions. But yeah, that's what I love, love, love about hearing from each family because mm-hmm. it's so unique and individual to the family. And it's just like a little, a little gift of permission to people to like, Oh, would work and be fun for us, right? Brings up yeah. for everybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I enjoy that so much too. It's just such a sweet little nugget of like hearing about other people's um, lives. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for sharing. That was awesome. Yeah. No, thank you. I would love to know how you discovered unschooling and kind of what your family's move to unschooling looked like in the early days. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering how far back <laughs> I should go with this. Um, so uh, um, my husband and I, we saw um, uh, the TED Talk, How Schools Kill Creativity um, by Sir Ken Robinson. Mm-hmm. And um, this was before we had kids. I don't know if I mentioned that. And I remember both of us being like, yeah, well, that makes sense. That's That was true for both of us. Um, but we also had, um, um, unique, um, high school experiences that we both really valued. So he went to a small private and I went to a small public option school and, um, we loved the, the small class sizes and the autonomy that we had and, um, the teachers treated us like humans, um, and not kids to be controlled. And so, we thought we would find something alternative. Like that was where we thought we would be going um, when we had kids. Um, So when we had Finn, um, I started looking around when he was in preschool or preschool age um, for something. And um, I was really set on the whole idea of the socialization piece for his age um, because that's, what I read and that's what like everybody around me was doing. Um, And we found a co-op system that's actually affiliated with the uh, community colleges out here. And um, it was a really great program, um, bit like really wonderful community building. And um, you actually get college credit for being a part of the, um, the co-op because they had parent, uh, parent education classes that you, that were mandatory. Um, so I thought we had hit the jackpot. Like I'm getting college credit for this, um, this, uh, parenting advice that I'm, um, finding. And, you know, it, it seemed, um, it just, it sounded great. And, um, Finn was not a fan. He was, um, he said he didn't want to go anymore because there were kids there and um, he just got quiet and despondent and um, he wasn't upset like like um, like he didn't have any big upset but yeah the despondentness was um, troubling to me um, and I freaked out I was like uh like, this is supposed to be the easy part. Like, this is the fun part. This is the best part. Like, it's only going to go downhill from here, possibly. Like, let's. And so I just kept on trying. And, um, you know, I, I would stay in the classes with him. And when he was four, we found a different co-op. And he started making friends. Um, and he enjoyed being there for the most part. And I 
I was just like a huge sigh of relief. Just, I was like, yes, we've arrived. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and now by this time I had had Reese and I was pregnant with Bowen even. And so now I'm like, oh, well, now we really got to figure out what we're doing. Um, the new, uh, the new co-op had a, a new kindergarten program. And so th- we thought we would just kick the can down the road another year um, and sign him up with uh, that program. And he liked it enough. And then we tried Reese in the um, the preschool aspect of that co-op. And then he had a similar experience to Finn when he was younger. And I was just so tired of making my kids do these things that they clearly didn't want to do, but like, I felt like I had to, um, and I was really scared what would happen if we didn't. Um, so that year I really started thinking about homeschooling. I didn't think I could do it at a t- at the time, but I just slowly over time, <clears throat> I found like gentle homeschooling curriculum and um, blogs. And I found, um, classes even that I was taking online, um, during that year. And somehow I slowly moved, um, towards even giving unschooling a listen. <laughs> Cause when I first heard about it, I was like, that is way too, way too wild for me. Um, I thought I really needed structure for our kids because, um, that was something I thought I was terrible at. And so where were they going to get it from? Like, not me, like it had to come from somewhere. So, um, but then yes, I just slowly started being open to it. Um, and I'm not even sure how I found your podcast, but, um, it was like probably the first listen where it just, it like just went into my heart space. It just like I couldn't deny it. It just like, I just felt a huge sigh of relief. Like, oh, there are people out there that love their lives with their kids. That's amazing. Um, And I was just so busy um, up in my head, like trying to, you know, figure out the right method and the right way to set up our home and the right way to do it. And I just loved how I felt just like, it was like a nourishing feeling listening to, um, you and your guests talk about, um, you know, living joyfully with your kids. And so I just, I kept listening and, um, um, that summer we had to move out of our house for a remodel into a small two bedroom. And, um, I was, I think we were probably de-schooling that at that point. Uh, it just was a challenge because we were in the small space, not at home. Um, it was rough on some of the kids. Um, and so, but we, you know, we brought things in like video games and um, less um, restriction, fewer restrictions on screens and stuff. But it wasn't until we were able to move back into our home, um, which happened two weeks before um the first round of lockdowns happened here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so grateful we were here and it just, you know, the silver lining was like when everything shut down, we were able to just really fully, um, jump into de-schooling. Um, so yeah, that's, I don't know how long <laughs> I went on there, but, um, <laughs> brief, uh, uh, yeah. I, it just reminded me so much of, because I was in that place too. My kids were in school and it was just, like you said, in, in your head all the time, trying to figure out ways to make this work for each of the different personalities, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, I just, you brought me right back to that weight but that, you know, I got to keep going. I got to figure something out. I got to figure something out always in your head to discovering that there were other choices, Mm -hmm. right? Opening up to that and, Mm -hmm. and finding people who were just 
just, <laughs> just mm-hmm. living with their kids. Right. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Completely remember that. It's just, um, it was so fun to think about. Right. And to mm-hmm. imagine it's like, wow, like that, that's even a possibility mm-hmm. uh, to walk towards. I mean, that it just felt so light. It feels so mm-hmm. light, doesn't it? And just <laughs> so I know exciting is a word, I guess it, that comes to mind for me. It was just like, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a whole new world opened up basically. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it. I just never had seen anything like it. It just like what I was experiencing, it just seemed like everybody around me at the time was experiencing some similar dissatisfaction, but like, it's what we're all doing. It just felt very um, cliche and I didn't even realize it, you know, um, until being out of it. But yeah, it was, it, it was, uh, yeah, like you said, just an eye opener, like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. I mean, and it depends on, on, you know, your, your environment, your community, et cetera. But yeah, I didn't know anybody like Mm -hmm. not even homeschooling, let alone unschooling now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It was many years ago, but still when that was the thing, everybody was going through the same thing. So nobody was thinking, oh, this is awesome. This is great. You know, my kids are loving this and, you know, we're all yeah. getting along great and they're so easy to get up in the morning and take to school. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's saying that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody is even considering, none of us considered that that was an option, that that was a choice we were making. Right. Right, So even the possibility that this was a choice was just like, it rocked my world. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. So I'm curious as you guys, you know, you got back to your house, now you're in lockdown and you're, you're hanging out together. What has been for you one of the more challenging aspects of Mm de-schooling? And I was wondering Mm -hmm. if you could maybe talk us through your journey with that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, pick one. Because uh, <laughs> I, I did find, um, you know, most of the de-schooling process um, a challenge to some degree, um, you know, when it came to ex- examining my beliefs and how I related to my kids and myself. And um, But, you know, I've like now know that um, growth requires a little discomfort um, and it doesn't have to be crazy hard, but sometimes it is. Um, And, um, but I, uh, an aspect that was making it harder was um, had to do with myself and, um, and some of the old guilt and shame that would come up for my previous um, parenting approaches that I, that I, was taking. So when we would, um, you know, like screen time, for example, like when I observe and I, you know, get to that place where we were connecting more around screens and it was less of a battle. Um, and I was feeling in a good, like we were moving forward with that and in a good place, I would just get blindsided by feeling, um, just strong waves of guilt and shame for, not knowing that like how um, disconnected we were before, like, why didn't I recognize that? How could you not see that? um, How could I not see that I was, um, you know, we were just so, uh, we were just not connecting. um, And like, nobody was that particularly happy. Um, and so that would really trip me up. Like sometimes for days I would just be like, I, like I, I, it, which caused me to disconnect even more. And, um, it was just a cycle that it just kept coming up. Um, and I had heard the, um, the saying, um, you know, people do their best in the moment. Um, and I just couldn't let that in. It just didn't feel true to me. Um, and, um, I, I remember 
time I heard it, um, my doctor said it to me. Um, and I just remember it landing differently. Um, I was like, oh, if she thinks I did my best, maybe there's something to that. Um, so I started um, going back in my mind and to myself back when I was a young parent um, and like putting myself in my shoes and um, just looking around, seeing what, what my values were then, what my experiences were at the time, what was I reading, what was I, you know, what was I focused on and um, just getting a sense for, you know, yeah, really just getting into where I was at the moment. And um, I slowly started to believe that, yeah, I, I actually did do my best. Um, I was, we all were, <laughs> my husband was, I was like, um, and that slowly helped me um, just let go of some of that guilt and that shame and have some self-compassion and forgiving myself for um, just, yeah, just not knowing. And, um, and I think that really helped free up some energy um, for being present with my kids and, um, you know, not like allowing the energy to, you know, move through those full cycles of connection instead of pulling myself out, out of it to berate myself. <laughs> um, and I still feel guilt and I still feel shame, but it's like more in the moment and I can address it. And it's, it's, it, it's more fluid. Um, it's not so, um, like slimy, <laughs> um, or sticky feeling, um, definitely felt stuck. So that was, I think that was a, um, a point where things really started to accelerate when I was able to have some self love and compassion for myself back then. And, and now like it helps me, um, realize I'm doing the best in my moment or in the moment today too. That's still true. Um, so that was something that came up. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love, I love how you describe like going back to mm -hmm. those moments because, you know, it, I'm going to jump all over pieces. <laughs> There's so much in there um, because yes. And how now you can move a little bit more quickly because so often these things, it's not like a one and done thing. I'm going to do the work and then it's never going to bother or it's never going to come up for me again. Like that is not my experience either. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yet, you know, the more you move through the process, the little bit uh, more quickly, we can access it next mm -hmm. time a little bit more quickly. We can move through it because we're building that pathway that we discovered helps us right? Mm -hmm. And it can be different pathways for, for different people. Um, but I, I love how, how you realize it was that piece that you weren't able to take in. Like I'm doing my best. I was doing the best that I could, the best that I knew in that moment. And that was just not able to land for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and that realization had you, you know, just exploring more what you felt then. So you could really kind of play with it. I, mm -hmm. I love how you, you know, that, that bubbled up for you as something of value of something mm -hmm. like, I can't do that. Like, or, you know, why didn't I know better or, you know, mm -hmm. all just playing with that mm -hmm. um, and seeing you know, it's really worth that time to go back and see, you know, what was I thinking at that time? Like you said, even what was I reading? What information was I taking in? What was I, what were my goals? What did I think was important? What were my values? Like all those pieces so that we can more lovingly hold that person that we were then and realize, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't wrong. I was me. And and I was doing my best. Like, and like you said, we all were, we all were working in that moment with what we know and how you can take that kind of love and compassion and bring it into this moment. Now it's like the realization that we don't have all the answers right now 
even with what we've learned, we mm-hmm. don't know it all. And, you know, we never will <laughs> kind yeah. of forward right. and, and how we can, I don't know, like it, it really, it opens up the present moment, doesn't it? When it doesn't even have the weight that I have the answer now, I have the right way now, mm-hmm. but we can be just more open and curious to where everybody's sitting right now and mm-hmm. that we can choose something that seems to work for us. Um, and it doesn't need to be labeled the best and it doesn't need to be the way we do it next week or next month when it comes up again. So yeah, that is just so much rich work. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you picked that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, it, I mean, I really think it, um, you know, preparing for this uh, conversation, I think, you know, it really hit home that, yeah, it's, it's actually just about the process. It's not that we never not <laughs> go through these challenges again. It's just about how we process. And I was thinking like, um, I actually went through a couple rounds of like the old guilt that I described. Like, I remember there was like a flare up I had this summer um, where I was like, oh, I thought I took care of that. But it's just like, it just kind of feels like layers of an onion. Like, right. It's just like the work doesn't end, but it's when you're, when you've, had a couple rounds under your belt it doesn't feel like oh god more work it's like yes this is like this is what presence and being um in the moment is this is this is it right. <laughs> and so <laughs> and you don't actually get excited or at least i mean i don't go yeah hey but i sure. also it's like ooh, there's like yeah, yeah. you know yeah. In a in a couple of months, <laughs> I mm-hmm. wonder where I'm going to be. That's that's mm-hmm. where the curious comes for me is because I know me, everyone, we're all always learning, growing, and changing over time. So I can always like, gee, I wonder what this is going to look like in two months or mm-hmm. in six months. Like how that? Because I know things are going to be different. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just don't yet know how. But that's what is also motivating to kind of, I found another layer. Let's, let's do the work to get in there because that's, what's going to help things change or, or I start to feel more stagnant, right? Mm -hmm. And stagnant as in, if I don't work on that layer, I'm going to just keep bumping up against it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe Mm -hmm. I can put it down, but you know, three or four weeks later, something up else comes up that is also rubbing at that mm-hmm. same layer. And mm-hmm. runs, eventually it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So taking a look, I'm also curious to know what has surprised you most about your journey so far. So far, what's yeah, I think it's kind of, you know, it's just a, a continuation of what you were just saying is, um, I think it was, it's been um, how, how much I wasn't being myself before unschooling. I was playing the role of what I thought a good mom should be. And um, although, of course, you know, I love my kids and, um, you know, I wanted that connection. I was thinking those things would come within, you know, the, you know, giving them enriching experiences and having strong boundaries and setting good examples. Like, but it's the other way around, <laughs> like, like focusing on what you actually want to focus on. Um, like that's, that's the starting point and starting, you know, with talking about what each person's needs are, um, in a family and then going from there. And um, so, yeah, that it surprised me how much I wasn't myself and, but also my kids and I, you know, the concept that they get to know themselves more um, through unschooling. Um, you know, I really see that. And I, um, that's one of the reasons we, I wanted to try it. Um but yeah, I was very surprised to find um, how much um, I 
wasn't myself, but also how much I get to be myself. Like I get to be human. I don't need to have the right answers. And um, we all get to um, have um, say, you know, what our needs are at the mo- in the moment. And um, we all try to make that makes it make it work (laughs) with where we're at um in any given day um so that yeah that's that was I'm still (laughs) I'm still just so like every day I feel grateful for that because um that was such a challenge for me um I feel like I have a different sense of time than um maybe most people do like it was just always so hard for me to like keep a schedule and get up and go and even being as unscheduled um comparatively to other people that we knew I was still just like it was just like that was just so exhausting to me and so not having to do that just like being able to be myself (laughs) and um go with the flow has just yeah it's been so, such, so wonderful. And, and you're, you're so right that it is so surprising to realize how, how much we aren't, we weren't being ourselves when we were, like you said, playing that role. Like that takes me right back to when you were talking about being in your head so much, like trying mm-hmm. to make things work because that's what we were supposed to be doing. Like we had this vision of the the person that that we should be you know like Mm -hmm. you know as a parent this is what the parent's role is and it is about you know helping our kids become the role of child that we have the vision in our heads or in society's heads and that our job is to help our kids meet that and to um realize that that was a framework or a role that we were choosing to play. Mm-hmm. I, I had to do so much to actually like peel back those layers to find out who I was. Oh, like I get to choose that piece. I don't have to do it because I'm supposed to do it. Like I know all the things I'm supposed to do. Right. 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 <laughs> Right, And that doesn't mean, like, that's when when we talk about layers, it doesn't mean, oh, I'm supposed to do that. I don't have to do that. So I'm not going to do that. You know, it's not like, yes, no, black, white, because it's taking that, that next step to work through the layer and to realize, you know, well, why would I choose? Like, okay, I know I'm supposed to do that. So why is it that I'm supposed to do that? What Mm -hmm. are the reasons? Like, because so often we're just told, you know, because you're supposed to, because I have to, from our parents, because I told you to, you know, we mm-hmm. learn that. But um, often we don't really get the why behind mm-hmm. that, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, this is what you do, this is what you don't do, follow the rules, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to understand that why, and then to bring ourselves to it, mm-hmm. um, there were times definitely when there were things that I was supposed to do that I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I really want to. And then I would dig in and Mm -hmm. I would realize, Oh, you know, like there's a reason why I would like to show up that way. I would like to do that thing. Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing it. And it's funny because there was another layer for me in that, okay, I'm showing up, I'm doing the thing. And Everybody else there is like, she's doing that because she's supposed to do it. And yet I'm like, no, I have all these reasons why I know I want to do it. <laughs> like, you're not going to show up. And so you have to get through that point where, so I am choosing and I'm showing up this way and I want to do that. And even if other people think I'm just meeting their expectations, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I needed to be okay with that because I knew why I wanted to be there. I didn't Mm -hmm. need everybody else to accept my or understand my viewpoint. It's Mm -hmm. okay that they could think whatever, you know, there's just so many layers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, thank goodness for my kids too, because like, you know, I'd be on track for (laughs) 
like, well, I think we should do this. And they're like, well, I don't want to. I'm like, oh, okay. So that was another way to just kind of quickly get me to the point where like, yeah, maybe, maybe we don't have to do that. So um, they are wonderful, wonderful kind of guides in that way, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. So often it was through their choices and like having conversations with them where I would like, oh, you know, I guess that is a choice, Mm -hmm. you know, is so many little pieces. Um, Everything from like you were talking about, like screens. So often uh, the things that I was working through were initially sparked by my kids, like, cause mm-hmm. I can't like just do all the things at once and write them down on a sheet of paper and just work them down in an orderly fashion. Right. Right. But they, things would bubble up. And so, Oh, okay. So this is the thing I'm going to be working on right now. Cause this is the rub for us right now. This is uncomfortable for somebody. So I'm going to dive in and see what I really think, see mm-hmm. who I really want to be around that thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they are just just fascinating little creatures yeah 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 so beautiful so beautiful yeah they're one because they can be so much in the moment right with with all its emotions or with whatever is going on Mm -hmm. and when they have that space they really are so capable Mm -hmm. aren't they Um, yeah of saying, you know, what it is they want, saying yeah. what they need, right? It's like, yeah, and not, you know, when we haven't, you know, said no or said, you know, my my answer is the right answer. They can really get in there and try and figure things out, can't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they make a compelling case with their, just their whole being and their body language. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, this is actually what I want to be doing. And I'm like, I can see that. Let's, <laughs> let's make that happen. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and and it is. It's inspiring too. It's like it is. You know, what do I love that much? What do I want to do that much? You know, right? It, it really they show us living fully, mm-hmm. as in you know, just just in there and really doing the things that they're choosing and that they want to do, and just seeing where they lead us. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Love so that leads nicely to the next question too, um, because as we're all spending time together, it can be uh, can get challenging, especially you know with siblings who want to do different things in the moment, um, and you know, sibling dynamics is something that can really, uh, well, I was going to say take a while to figure out how to navigate, but I mean, forever it does, right? Mm -hmm. As we kind of grow and change. But that the transition moving Mm -hmm. from, you know, the kind of power over, I know best, you know, you guys should, you guys do what you're told to this more open, we're going to work together. I see your needs. We're, you know, going to take all our needs into consideration and figure out a way to move forward through this, that adds yet another layer to the whole sibling dynamic. So I was hoping mm-hmm. you could share a bit about your journey through that so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was quite challenging and I, I brought it up in part because um, I think that it was probably like most of the de-schooling I did was around this because my kids um, are, you know, they, and they choose, they choose to be together all the time. And that was something I even had to work through. Like, ah, can you guys please just like go to your own rooms for just like a minute, even And they're like, no, um, like, okay. So, um, and that's my agenda. Um, and so that's, you know, that's part of the process of letting that go. But yeah, it was, um, you know, like the parenting that, I knew was to interfere and get in the way when things got too out of control or, um, you know, and also telling them what they should say when they're upset or mad, like use your words. Uh, um, <laughs> my poor Finn. <laughs> um, and so 
it, it was really hard for me at first to bring the like sit back and like observe and be open and curious around sibling conflict because like how how like how am I supposed to sit back and watch this unfold like this this is going nowhere fast um but fortunately for uh, me one of my kids like he was very vocal and was like I don't want you to do that and so even if I tried and failed and I would get in there a little bit he's like no go away so I, I wanted to listen to that and honor that. And so it really did um, have me sit um, sitting on my hands um, on the sidelines. And um, over time, I, I noticed that um, they actually were trying to get their needs met with each other. And it, um, and what I considered out of control wasn't out of control to them, um, you know, outside of physical safety. Um, like they, they have a different tolerance than I do. Um, and so just respecting that and, um, um, watching it unfold over time, I was able to see how each child, um, dealt with conflict as an individual. Um, and so I was able to, um, you know, have room for ideas, how I might support them when they are in a stuck place. Um, and, um, you know, it, it took me a while too to figure out, I, I still don't know the answer. I'm just always trying to figure out like <clears throat> when, <clears throat> when is a good time to try and help and, you know, planting seeds is probably the best way for me to help support them, like just giving them um, <clears throat> feedback in peacetime, like that seems to be what is most helpful um, with them. So um, let's see. Yeah, so um, seeing how they deal with conflict as individuals and then, um, yeah, like just that they are individuals. Sorry, I, I kind of lost my train of thought. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I love your point of how, you know, we all as people can have different tolerance levels. And then back to the role also, you know, for, for us to do, you know, is um, peeling back those layers around, is this an expectation that I've kind of absorbed, you know, but, you know, maybe it's because they're really loud. Or, or, you know, whatever it is, or one, one person seems to be getting their way more than mm -hmm. the other, like the whole idea of fairness. Mm -hmm. That was something for me, like when there was a conflict around something, you know, my mind would completely and quickly go to, well, what's the fair solution to this mm -hmm. conflict, right? Right. And when I was able to step back a little bit and not impose that on them then I would see, you know, they may move forward with something that didn't seem fair to me, but mm -hmm. after a few times and a few like conversations in those peace times, Oh, were, were you happy with how that worked out? Mm -hmm. You know, the realization that what looked fair to me um, didn't necessarily have to be what looked fair to them. Like if right. they were both comfortable with whatever it is that they chose moving forward, mm -hmm. like that's cool. And the planting seeds bits and the, having the conversations at other times, you know, mm -hmm. if there's something that we notice or a question, something that we're curious about, or we just want to give them an opening or an opportunity to share their thoughts or feelings about how it worked out, which, you know, they may or may not be interested in doing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a totally different thing in the conflict. Those aren't kind of questions and conversations you're going to have in it. Those are more of the processing stuff at other times. So mm -hmm. that maybe they've got a little something new to bring with them next mm -hmm. time. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so much was about that, that fairness piece, that, mm -hmm. that process piece, like that I needed to know or tell them the right, that there's a right way to move through it. Mm -hmm. um, again, the physical piece, of course, you're going to, you know, step in and not injure <laughs> mm -hmm. injuries, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But again, that's also a conversation 
to have with them. Like you said, Finn was saying, yeah, no, don't. And Mm -hmm. if, as you were saying, like they just don't want to separate, they want Mm -hmm. to be together. So finding ways for them to help them find ways that they can both move through it in mm-hmm. ways that they want to and that their reason, not that they're comfortable in the moment of conflict, but are comfortable for them to, to live with and process with and to see where they got to, you know, at the end of that particular round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, it's just, there is so much learning that happens and just to, like so much learning about themselves too. Yeah. Finn knew like, no, this is getting in the way when you're stepping in and telling us what mm-hmm. to do. All those, there is so much learning, even like in a conflict, it can feel like, you know, nobody's learning anything, but they're, they're processing it. Yet they figured when they figure out a path, then they're, you know, figuring out how they felt about that. Mm-hmm. And they are getting an experience, gaining experience, learning a little bit more and bringing that with them into the next time and the next time. So it's not like a one and done. I'm going to teach you how to move through conflict right. it's going to be this way. Right. It's, ever-evolving exploration of it, right? Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I've seen that over time um, too, where like dropping my expectations and just um, being with wherever they were, they are um, in the moment and supporting them where they are in that moment. Um and I've, I've seen them now be able to move through. Um, they, they do respond differently now. Um, and I have one child that was like, he would um, scream and throw things when he was upset. And for the longest time I was removing him because I didn't want him to hurt other people. And that was making it worse. So when I realized that was making it worse, um, I allowed, we um, switched it up where everybody else would leave the room so he could, you know, be safe and, um, or we could be safe. Well, he, he too. Um, and, um, I think there was a big piece around feeling judged and like he was wrong when I was like moving him away. Um, and he just needed to not be interrupted. And, um, now he, when he gets upset, he'll, he'll go run up to his room until he's ready to come out. And I think he learned that about himself. Um, but I didn't have, I didn't have that expectation, like, because I'm, because we're giving you space, you're going to learn how to do that for yourself someday. I was just like, this is what your needs are right now. And we're going to help you with that. And, um, I think so much of that processing that you were talking about, at least for my kids, like it's. I don't see it happening. And then one day they have a conversation that sounds like two adults talking about (laughs) their feelings to each other. And I'm like, wow, okay, (laughs) this is working. (laughs) And just because they can talk that way to each other doesn't mean they're going to. Like, it's rare, but I know that they can and... Um, they get to choose when they like decide to use I statements with each other and like, like check in with each other like that. I don't, I can't, I don't make them do that anymore and they get to choose. And sometimes they will choose to do that because they're learning that they're learning about themselves and learning how they want to show up in relationship. Um, which, um, I just, I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful that we, (laughs) that I'm not in this, like, I'm not, I'm grateful that I'm not stopping that process. Like I was, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, obviously, but um, I really see it that way now after allowing them um, to figure it out. Um, And of course I try to be supportive and, but in the ways that are actually supportive and that takes some figuring out and it's not static either. It, it, it changes over time. So, yeah. 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 And uh, I love that point about, <clears throat> Oh, 
that do I think I lost it? Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> deep in the conversation. Yeah. Um, oh yes, about them having the choice because it's like, okay, this this worked this worked reasonably well for me once. You know, it, it's not like we're going into it like you were saying that. Okay, these these are good tools, and therefore you will use them always moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, again, it's not uh, here is the thing, here's the answer, here's the right way, mm-hmm. right? And and then you're done. It is over time, and it's not an expectation that we'll see a fix quickly, right? Mm-hmm. But you do over time see how much they've absorbed and are figuring out on their own, which get helps trust a little bit more to give it more space and time. Um, because, like, when they're choosing different things in different at different times, and you know, I'm going to use they they choose I statements you know, or, or not Mm -hmm. each one is more learning is more experience because they see how it unfolded when they made these choices. And then today they made these different choices and they see how that unfolds. Like it is all learning and it's all experience for them. And yeah, we can't say, you know, have a conversation about oh, how are you going to move through conflicts, you know, moving forward. And, and now you've learned, mm-hmm. um, but to see it over time, it's so much richer. That's what I'm trying to get to. The yeah. When they are having a wide variety of experiences and putting this web together of, of ways that they're um, of possible ways to move through conflicts when they have that, that richer experience, Mm -hmm. we see them in action over time, Mm -hmm. um, making these very interesting choices and really putting together, like you're saying, being able to express their emotions. Like, so maybe sometimes they're not choosing to express them, but we know that they are observing them, that they're noticing those pieces about themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, even in conflict, it is really interesting to see how capable and how um, self-aware mm-hmm. the kids, because those are not things we give kids credit for, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it it really helps me too when I um, like put, putting myself in their shoes when like one of them recently, when one of them was feeling, it appeared like he was, he was bothering his brother in the backseat and like, it wasn't clear what was going on with him. And I, I just put myself there for a minute and I was like, you know, when I'm feeling embarrassed, like, I don't like to talk about it. Like I like to like be, I just like to sit back and, you know, like think, or, you know, that's, or like move away for a while. Like, or if I'm irritated, like, I don't want to sit there and talk to somebody about why I'm irritated. Like I need a minute. And so I think those, um, like being able to do that, um, is also been like really helpful to just get that constant reminder that like <clears throat> where they're coming from, but also it teaches me about thinking about my feelings. Cause I don't think about my feelings often, but I feel like I learn a lot when I do. And so um, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm learning a lot just by allowing them to have their relationship and um, allowing them to explore for themselves. Like it's, um, it's inspiring to me too. So it really is, isn't it? And, Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting too, to recognize how often, we have expectations of kids that we don't have of adults, you know? So if an adult is irritated, you know, and wants some space, they can take some space yet with a child. So often we're like, what, what's bothering you? Why are you irritated? How can we fix this? You know, we're rather relentless sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) So yeah, that yet another layer, but it, it is fascinating when you, when we think of it in that dynamic. It's, mm-hmm. it is, like you said, very inspiring. 
um, for us to be thinking about it and to realize how differently, how, how many, how much more expectation we put on a child because we're supposed to be teaching them to be these ideal, you know, adults. Right. And there's so many layers in that, in, in just so it weaves into so many different aspects of our life. So it's very interesting to to find yet another one. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So I would love to know, let's switch things up. What's your favorite thing about the flow of your unschooling days right now? Um, Yeah, I couldn't help but say time. I mean, I know that's (laughs) what a lot of people say and not that it has to be different, but like, that's just the the time we have to be ourselves, to um, not hurry through life, um, to just be like the... um, yeah, I, I feel like um, being in the moment um, is just, it's such a different way of being in the world that is not afforded to um, most of us that, you know, like in the, that have these heavily scheduled lives and, um, and we may be scheduled again, but right now um, we're just really enjoying just um, being together and letting the time unfold as it will. And just like, I don't, I'm not looking at the time. Like I used to like, when is this going to be over? Like, I'm just, it's all like, even the hard times. I mean, I'm not, it's not like, yay, like you said, but it's, um, it's like, it's just another moment that we're having together. And, um, that just feels so special and I'm just so grateful that we, that we have it. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. And that is the interesting, that was a big aha moment when I was de-schooling was because it was another thing that I came in with the expectations of my, my role as a parent or even as an adult that I needed to fix the things so that we were finally all happy. Mm-hmm. Right. And to realize eventually <laughs> that because that then I'm discounting those difficult times. Right. And when we were um, began unschooling and I could see you can see as you look back the richness and the value of even the hard times. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Even the more challenging times. And come to realize that there's value in all the days, in all the times, in all the moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and to realize that I wasn't like trying to get through those fast so that we could finally get to the happy mm-hmm. moments, but that all time was valuable mm-hmm. and, and important and, and fun. It just made the whole idea of time. It, it took away the needing to look at the clock, right? The needing to get through this quickly, needing to solve this quickly. And I think that's why so many of us end up choosing, talking about time as one of our favorite things, because we really didn't envision how valuable all the moments were going to be, right? Even mm-hmm. all the little ones too, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's just like I just feel like um, the words that I use do the experience a disservice, but it's no. it's what we got, <laughs> and um, yeah, exactly. It is well. That's what you know. <laughs> the the language piece is also so fascinating because everybody brings to them their experience and what those words kind of mean to them. And I think as you were saying, when you first started listening to the podcast, first started learning a bit about unschooling, that there are other people living this way, that even with those words, there is an energy kind of and a richness that comes with them. That's like, Ooh, I feel like that could be so much more than, you know, the watch that I'm looking at or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Sorry, my uh, my camera cut out. I saw oh, that. <laughs> no problem, no problem. But 
Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Christina. I super appreciate it. It was so much fun. It was so great. Thank you so much for all the work you do, Pam. You um, have just been an inspiring light for so many of us. And um, thank you for um, creating the network as well. Like it's just, it's really transformed uh, me and my family. And I know that um, many feel the same way. So I just wanted to give an extra thanks there. It's just yeah, your work has just been amazing for oh. the unschooling community. So thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. That was, that was lovely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And Yay. This is fun. Nope, go ahead. And before we go, where can people connect with you online? Um, just email. We can put okay. it in the notes. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no problem like at all. That. People can uh, get in touch with me and I'd be happy to hook people up if they would like to chat with you further. Thank you so much again, Christine, and have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. Mm-hmm. Bye, Pam. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.